This music works on a Sunday afternoon. It never translates to early in the morning. (laughs) Who wakes up to this? But clearly it's time for a Masters update right now, brought to you by Uena Golf. Brian Taylor joins us. You hear Brian and, and Bob Casper Saturday mornings on the Zone Sports Network, Real Golf Radio. Brian, good morning. I could wake up to this every morning, DJ. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it doesn't. It's just out of the middle of nowhere in Sports Talk Radio. You're supposed to come back, you know, this is with a ton of energy, blowing up the speakers. And then You're you telling get me this. that 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 subtle piano music doesn't infuse a bit of energy into you, or like one of the greatest sporting events of the of the year happening. I mean, that that that's the way I look at it. But you know, I'm a little twisted. So. I I slump a little more in my chair and start to nod off. <laughs> but that yeah. has nothing to do with the music. All right, so it's November at Augusta, and. Uh, you know, courses play different different times of year. You know, here I think in Utah, people are used to the ball uh, really running in fairways as they get a little harder when you're playing late in the fall. But this is Augusta, and this this course is pampered within an inch of its life. How different is this going to be? A fall classic, unlike any other, uh, you could say, right? So um, it's going to play different. I was listening to Adam Scott's comments yesterday, and he, he, one one of the things I hadn't considered was that it would play a little bit more forgiving. So here's what happens, right? Augusta is down in, in the south. They have Bermuda grass, and that grass is meant for hot weather. And they, they so the club is closed all summer long. They, it's a wintertime only. It's the way it was set up by Bobby Jones back in the 30s. And, and so they overseed the golf course with ryegrass. Well, ryegrass needs some cooler temperatures. That's where it thrives. It needs a lot of water. And so – what they do is when they start that overseed process in September, you know, ish, uh, and they start growing that in, they work on it all the way up till April. And it is absolutely perfect when April comes around for the masters and it's super tight. It's a really fine grass. It's super tight. And Adam Scott said, you know, because there's no real level lie at Augusta, it requires an extreme degree of precision in order to execute shots off that really tight uh, turf. And so he said, if anything, maybe it's a little more forgiving because it's a little more sparse. There's still a little bit of Bermuda in, you know, poking its head out. So the ball sits up a little bit more. So it's a little bit more fluffy, if you will, and helps these guys to be able to, to, uh, to get a, a club on it a little bit better. So that was interesting. Um, we're expecting one to two inches of rain uh, in Augusta over the next two days and then 40% chance of rain for the rest of the week. Um, that's good for the rye to grow. Not so great for contesting a major championship. Augusta do ha- does have the sub-air systems and all that for the greens, but the fairways could get a little bit uh, sloggy, uh, which is a bit unusual for Augusta. But uh, So it's going to play different. I, I expect it will play a little bit slower. Ball's not going to run quite as much as it might in the springtime, and, and that certainly lends uh, to some of the longer hitters. So with all that in mind, if DeChambeau goes out and wins, uh, what is uh, the point of uh, trying to worry about precision and everything and people just say, screw that, I'm going to gain 20 pounds and just try to bomb it? Yeah, you know, PK, it's, uh, it's, we're on the cusp of a game changer with what DeChambeau's doing for sure. It's interesting. Most of the, I, as I've watched this, you know, in most sports, we admire the fact that an athlete will find a way to get bigger, faster, stronger, do things that we haven't seen before. We, we you know, we sort of remark at the, uh, his, their, their ability to, you know, transcend the game, if you will. Um, and in golf, 
we fear that a little bit, right? The game is afraid of that type of, of power and distance. And I guess from some standpoint, it's, it's the fact that the, you know, a lot of these classic golf courses are, are landlocked and there's not a lot of, you know, ways to, you know, expand them. And, and we want to make sure that these courses continue to remain relevant, but it's this interesting fight, right? It's the golfer and the athlete trying to push the envelope and the game of golf with rules and, and golf course design trying to push back to, to, to mitigate that, uh, those gains. And so, it's interesting. Um, DeChambeau is definitely coming with some serious bravado that I haven't seen at Augusta in 20 years. I mean, Tiger came out and, and, and blew the field away in 97 and, did, and changed the game in his own right, right? He brought weightlifting and power and all that, you know, to a game that was much older and softer and slower. Uh, but he didn't really do it with the same bravado uh, that uh, Bryson DeChambeau has done. And so I think it's uh, a lot of people are bristling about it, but it certainly is something to behold. And I'm anxious to see how, in fact, it does play out. Hitting it long is one thing. Uh, it's a second-shot golf course. you got to get yourself in to know how to putt those greens. So um, that said, a whole lot easier to get close to the pins when you're coming in with wedges when other guys are coming in with seven and eight irons. So hitting three woods over a green, I mean, this isn't, is this even the same game anymore, though? Yeah, that, that's a head-scratcher. When you read about what he did in his practice round and he documented some of those tee shots, I mean, driver wedge into one, driver eight iron into two, three wood over the green on three, which is 335 yards, as you said. You know, we'll see guys hit drivers up there. I, one of my favorite places to sit and watch is right there at three green because you've got three green and four tee, the, par, the long par and you can sit there and watch guys and you'll see who chooses to lay up and have a full wedge into a kind of a tight skinny green and who's going to try to hit it right up to the front and, and work on their short game and try to pitch it up there close. But for to hit three wood over the top of that green is, is phenomenal. And I'll tell you this, if you, if he does have, have that in him and that play can work for him, chipping back from behind, which is essentially the four tee box chipping back onto the third green is actually a, probably the easiest approach um, to, to that green as opposed to where you are if you lay it back in the fairway because the green rises up and you always have the risk of if you put too much spin on it and come up just a little bit uh, short on that green, you could spin it right back off the hill and, and you know, 30, 40 yards back at your feet. So it, it is remarkable what, he, what he's doing and, and some of the lines that he's talking about taking and you know, we'll see, right? I mean, he still has to execute. The The difference is, is he's going to have kind of a blank canvas to do it. There's no crowds. There's no roars. There's none of that pressure uh, from, from the gallery standpoint, the patron standpoint that you would normally experience at these major championships. And so he can just keep quiet in his mind and go out there and do things that people don't, you know, expect to see him do. I read a thing on him, and he was saying that he thought that if these long drive winners in these contests that they have, if they learned how to chip and putt in their wedge games, that they could dominate the tour. Because he's going on distance. That's his whole philosophy. What's your thought on that? You know, I've had a chance to uh, be around some long drive guys. Um, I've played golf with long drive guys. Most of the long drive guys I've played golf with are not very good. Um, But... It's uh, as far as good at the game of golf. Obviously, they they hit it a mile, uh, hit it over 400 yards. You know, that long drive contest is, you know, they have to hit it in the grid. And a lot of times they're lucky to get one out of eight or nine in the grid at that 450-yard mark or whatever, their 420 yards, whatever it happens to be. And so, you know, that doesn't allow for the, uh, the game of golf, you know, playing tournament golf, tour golf, doesn't allow for that margin of error. 
there's been a lot of guys that have come along. I mean, you think back on it, you know, Jack was a big hitter in his day. Uh, Sam Snead was a big hitter in his day. And what do you know, he won 82 times on the PGA Tour. So um, Jack Nicholas 70 times and 18 majors. And, you know, Tiger's, you know, now at 82, and he's a long hitter. So, you know, John Daly came on, and John Daly was kind of just a basher. That's really all we knew about him. But if you really look back, he was really underrated with his, you know, soft hands and touch around the greens. It was pretty brilliant what he was able to do. But he won on those big golf courses. So I think length is always an advantage. I'm not so sure that it's the only thing. I mean, I look back at, you know, we had Mike Weir on the show last week, and, you know, he won in 2003. It was a bit wet, so it was short game was a premium. And, and, you know, look, no lefty had won, no Canadian had won, and Mike was not anywhere near the length that you would have expected for a, for a Masters champion, and yet he won. So I, I do think that there's a lot more than just distance to the game of golf. But as he showed at Wingfoot, uh, he was able to attack and approach uh, major championship-tested golf so differently than what anybody else did. And, and you know, talking to Tony Finau afterwards, he said, you know what, it's, here's the thing about the design at Wingfoot. It was, it was, the fairways were so tight, you were going to miss them whether you hit three-wood or hybrid or driver, so you might as well get it down as far as you can so you have as much loft coming into the green as you can to get it out of that rough. And, and so maybe you're going to see that. Maybe you're going to see, you know, uh, a little bit more of an inviting, you know, setup for golf, you know, in, in golf courses at the shorter yardage and more penal the further you get up and encourage guys to lay up a little bit more. But, I mean, Augusta's wide open. Uh, so uh, there is really no rough, so to speak, if you will, at Augusta. That we talk about that first cut could be a little bit, you know, or second cut could be a little bit longer, but that's not quote-unquote rough. So, I, I mean, this question, I think distance is always an advantage. I don't think it's uh, you, you need to be a long-drive guy or gain 40 pounds in order to compete out there. So whose form do you really like? Who's really in a good place coming into Augusta? Who? Yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm looking at uh, my number one, if I only had one guy to pick this this week, I'd take Justin Thomas. Uh, I mean, Justin Thomas is he's got three wins on the year, eight top five finishes. He's a 13-time winner on tour. He's right in that spot where, hey, look, uh, I've won one major, ready to take on another one. Um, in 2020, he led the tour in strokes gain approach, tee to green, and he was second in strokes gain overall. And, uh, you know, he's 38 in putting in his last 12 rounds. So it's, that's, that's good. He can be a good putter. He can be a hot putter. And, and the other thing I look at is, is trends. The one, one thing I love about the Masters is you can look at historical data because it's played on the same golf course. Sure, the golf course changes, but you can look at things. And he's gotten better every single year. He went from 39th to 22nd to 17th to 12th. And I, I, I look at that and I say, okay, that, there, there's a guy that's trending. And not only, not only is he trending, but he's, he's one of the best iron players in the game right now. And so uh, I, I love Justin Thomas this week. Xander Schauffele is another one. Guy's only played two Masters, but he finished 50th in the first and then was runner-up last year. So obviously uh, an awesome trend and another great ball striker. He's basically top 10 in all statistical categories uh, on the PGA Tour. So his, his game is super sharp. And then Dustin Johnson is a bit of an anomaly, right? He had two weeks off for COVID, but the guy has just been, I mean, he's the number one player in the world. He's second in strokes gain, just complete solid play, three wins on tour. He's gone 6-4-10-2 in his last four starts at Augusta, including a tie for second last year. So those are, if I had three guys, those are the three guys that I'm looking for, JT, Xander, and Dustin Johnson uh, going into this week. Well, I'll let you know on the day before who's going to win, and then you guys can. <laughs> who you got, that. PK? Come on. Well, who won it last year? Who's the reigning Masters champion? 
his uh, five-time winner, Tiger Woods. And who picked him out of the blue last year? Did you really? Did you go El Tigre last year? Back me up, Sniggy. The amount of grief Bob Casper got because after wow. years of pumping Tiger and then he didn't pick him and PK did when he won. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It was painful to watch. It was just, you know, I think Bob felt a little bit like Boise State with five minutes left in the game. 14-year drought, and you pick the one year he comes back. Hey, you know what? That's the magic of Augusta. You know, and, and I'll tell you what, Tiger, could he's played awful uh, this year. He, since he won that Masters, he's not been very good. And yet, uh, it's Masters week, and anything can happen. Shoot, Phil could win this week. I mean, you know, it's just that kind of stuff happens. But it's it would you wouldn't expect that to happen. That's for sure. But Phil, uh, right. I would never put it past him. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I understand that. I agree with you. You wouldn't. <laughs> hey, PK. Any chance you can make an appearance in the studio on uh, Thursday? By the way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. We, we, Bob and I have a special gift for you guys uh, that we're going to be bringing to the studio for you. So a little, a little a taste of the masters that we have coming for our friends here at twelve eighty the zone. So I know you guys have not been there to experience it, but we're bringing a little bit home for you this year. So uh, look yeah. for that on on Thursday. So if you can make it in, I'd be I've worth never your been time. there. I heard this year they're selling stuff online for the first time. Exactly. Uh, that's it. And uh, if you if you are have access to the patron store, you can order uh, things. And and Bob and I have access, and we we ordered. Uh, you you actually, I mean, it's brilliant. Augusta's brilliant in their marketing, and they actually sell concessions. So we have the egg salad sandwiches, the pimento cheese sandwiches, the barbecue sandwiches, the Masters labeled potato chips, the souvenir cups, the cookies, the popcorn. We're we're bringing we're bringing it to the home of the zone, man. We're gonna have a master celebration coming up. So hopefully you can make it in. Yak, don't rush us off the air. We're talking food here, okay? Back up, Yak. <laughs> yeah, we got some for Yak too. Yak wants to go to break. Not until I find out more about these potato chips. Compare the Masters potato chip to all the other brands that all our listeners see when they go to get the deli sandwich. You know, everybody's got the bags of chips up there. What What are they like? Uh unlike any other. <laughs> 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 Thing tastes better with a Masters logo on it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So it's kind of kind of like when you go to Disneyland. Somehow the really crappy stuff tastes good because there's a Mickey ears on it. Well, this kind of has that same effect. So. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, and we will uh, we will use your tips in the draft with uh, with Bob. We always have a, a draft before things get started, so we'll uh, we'll use your tips appropriately. I, I hope that I can lead you down a good path. So, all right. Happy Masters week. Thank you, Brian. You got it.